0: So that yeah. kind of
1: give, gives you an idea of how much of an impact something like 150 grand could be to a company like that, that's small. Like, that's a drop in the ocean to wood. Man, stone I wish it, Bruce paid Excise. He'd <laughs> love that. Imagine one, what yeah. Yeah. we could do with the next.
0: Equity crowd funny and Excise. We <laughs> could. Watch out, Rupert Murdoch. <laughs>
1: Rolling in it.
2: Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryomalt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryomalt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud sponsors of this. And this is Brews News Week, our regular wrap of all that has made news in beer this week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me to take a good hard look at the news, the views
0: and the issues are the founder and editor of Australian Brews News, Matt Kirkegaard, and ace reporter Claire Burnett. Good guys. Good morning, RAP. Pete. Uh, mate, if uh, Crime Malt's been out uh, in the field for twenty-five years, I hope they've got some good sunscreen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did that just pop oh, into your head? How long have we been doing that? It? <laughs> well, but it,
0: it's just that the old, you know, the, the he, he's outstanding in his field, <laughs> um, you know, and
1: uh, <laughs> Ooh, pastoral. Okay, yes. love it.
0: And we want to get, want to get a plug-in for Crime Malt. You know, yeah, they, they, we like uh, we, we should change it to with over... Ten years sponsoring this podcast. Has it been ten years? Almost, yeah. They, they, they came crap. on very, very early. I can't the remember original exactly sponsor. When. We, yeah, we Handshake did it on a deal. It could be a week. Um, yeah, we did it on a
2: frayed shoestring for the first year and a bit. Mm. And I think I think David uh, threw us some some pity cash rather than <laughs> pity cash, um, and offered to um, to cover the, the 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 bandwidth. I think wasn't it? Didn't he? Didn't he like kind something of like like give us a, phones, an internet yeah. subscription so that we? Yeah, so we could get it out there. Yeah.
0: It yeah, was, it was, and great. it's grown from there. And uh, thank you for their support. So,
2: uh, and for which we are very thankful. <laughs> How's our week been?
1: Yeah, busy. Claire, really back from holidays, week. you sound
2: sound yeah. refreshed.
1: I am. I'm refreshed. Does she older. sound older, Pete? Do I sound older? <laughs> I'm quite and looking forward to be like a little old witch that lives in a. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm into that. I could get yeah,
2: down to- with that. So you, you, you celebrated your your twenty tenth.
1: My twenty tenth
2: up on the on the Sunshine Coast. I did indeed. What yes. did you get up to? Any good beer experiences?
1: Um, do you know what? We went early on in the week, and we were up at Noosa, and unfortunately, all the tap rooms don't open till Thursday, <laughs> which was <laughs> yeah, which I knew at the time, but I was a bit bummed out because I would have loved to have gone. But yeah, we went early on, so we didn't get to as much as we'd like. Um, but, but you yeah. can
0: get great beers at a lot of places up there now, which is exactly. very exciting.
1: Yeah, which is amazing.
0: Yeah, we've certainly
2: uh, noticed the, the, the change um, at offerings, at things like, you know, surf clubs or the venue down on the beach, um, uh, as well as the, the, you know, the burger restaurants or the those sorts of things. Uh, and which is, which airports. Is good.
0: Um, hey. A little bit of uh, news this week uh, out of Newstead, like it was a uh, media release more than news. Mm. But you know, Newstead is the latest um, brewery to have a you know airport presence where they've got a Newstead branded bar. And you know, Peter, it's one of the things that God, how many times have you and I sat in airports tweeting, oh, isn't this crap?" That you c- <laughs> in an airport and you can't get the local beer. Um, and that was us being the flog in, in my own flog voice. Um, but, yeah, if, if, if you're going through an airport, why do you want to drink um, Heineken or anything like that? They're not bad beers, but it's an element of travel that you want to have the local thing. So, yeah, quite nice that even in airports these days you can get some of the locally brewed beers. Yeah. yeah well, Green Beacon's been
2: at Brisbane for a while. I haven't, I haven't been – well, I haven't travelled for however long now, but I certainly haven't been to, like, um, Maroochador or – cool and gather for a long while. Uh, have they changed?
0: No, there, there's a couple of bars in the Brisbane airport. So you've got that Lansborough bar um, down one end that still has Green Beacon a little bit, but the, the, the company behind it sort of sh- shuffles and things like that. Um, so this is a dedicated Newstead bar. An actual you know, Newstead bar. Huh? Yeah, you've, or there you've go. got Stomping Ground in Melbourne um, with, with the brewery there. Hemingway's has got a brewery in, uh, uh, sorry, an uh, uh, outlet in the, the Cairns, uh, Cairns uh, yeah. um, airport um you can get some which of the- opened open three days after we visited yeah 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 <laughs> oh but I, well i've been Terrible up since dying. so uh oh, yeah, you yeah, have. i've managed to try it, but it's yeah it's just a, a a concession that is pouring their beers which is uh awesome so you know um listeners jump in the facebook group and let us know you know what beers are on tap next time you're flying unless you're in sydney in which case you're probably not going anywhere for a little while Aww. it's sad isn't
1: it At times
0: A bit to get through news-wise, so let's cross live to the
2: Australian Brews News Media Centre for a wrap of the stories making news this week in beer. And Claire, uh, Yeasty Boys is to sell a stake of their business.
1: They are indeed. So Yeasty Boys, um, you might remember, did a crowdfund a little while back. I believe it was in... They were one of the first, yeah. Yeah, 2014.
0: Oh, the first I can remember. Yeah, that's the one. Because New Zealand had the crowdfunding platforms before um, Mm. Australia did.
1: Yep, that's it. Um, so now they are selling a 12.5% stake in the business to UK drinks distributor KBE Drinks, owner of the Kingfisher Brown. Don't know if you guys – No that's Kingfisher, yeah. That's a big yeah. deal in England. But also
0: Dos Equis and, you know, like yeah, a, a lot of, of – a series. For want of a better term, and I'm air-quoting. Claire's laughing at me, air-quoting. <laughs> um,
2: you know, well, Kingfisher, I think, was brewed uh, when it was brewed here in Australia, was brewed out at Laberton, I think. Oh, okay. was it? Oh, what's now Asahi?
1: It's always at the Indians in England, that's all I'm saying. Um, anyway, uh, so, yeah, uh, UC Boys founder, uh, Steve McKinley, said the business has been looking for an investor for some time after they decided not to do a third round of crowdfunding funding to raise capital. Um, what we found interesting about this one, though, was um, their current valuations. So... <laughs> They haven't made as much as they suggested that they would in their original crowdfund. Um, well, yeah, jumping
0: back, when I went mm, back and looked at the 2014 crowdfunding documents, you know, and, and they were one of the first, and, you know, they, they had a very strong brand. They, I think they sold very quickly, you know, through the equity crowdfunding. There was a lot of love. They've had a lot of support, even though they pretty much immediately went offshore um, and have all but pulled out of New Zealand except as a franchise mm-hmm. um, as they are in Australia. But they still seem to, you know, everyone likes Stu and... Um, Sam. Sam, you know, personally. And so, which, you know, I, 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 you see a lot in the industry. Oh, I like the founders. So I'll give them a pass, you know, kind of thing uh, a little bit. Um, and, but when they... Raise the money, you know, they'd been growing quickly as a lot of startup, exciting businesses do. But they gave three valuations um, as part of their equity crowdfunding. Um, you know, they, they had their gold um, level of growth, they had their silver level of growth and their bronze level of growth. And that was out to, you know, four-year horizon to 2018. And in 2021, they still haven't hit their conservative
1: yeah, lowest um, level.
0: Revenue targets for 2018. And it's, you know, again, w- w- which is very relevant this week as we talk. Um, a number of breweries are doing equity crowdfundings, including uh, uh, um, Beer Cartel. And, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that story separately, but valuations based on revenue and current growth and projecting that current growth forward – are very tenuous, mm-hmm. um, as as Eastie Boys say. So essentially, um, you know, th- this is another great example, um, as, as again, that will be relevant for um, the beer cartel, is post-investment, so if this share sale goes ahead, they then say that they're worth $6 million, but they could only, for for a business investing in the business now, they could only get a valuation of two million pounds. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so pounds in in both of those cases. Mm-hmm. So you know, and, and saying that if they didn't get this investment, the viability of the business beyond this financial year was very tenuous. So you know, it
1: it it highlights a number of yeah, issues, and yes. that
0: we'll be talking about in an upcoming <laughs> panel. Anyway, so uh, cool. yeah.
2: And on the subject of crowdfunding, uh, you have now have a chance, uh, you, the general public, I'm talking about Claire, um, <laughs> a chance to own a piece of the co-conspirators brew pub.
1: Indeed. So we've sort of made um, the conscious decision to just post like media releases until we can have the offer documents of um the equity crowdfunders, you know, a lot of expressions of interest open without those offer documents. Um, And some have been kind enough to give us a little look-see beforehand, others haven't, um, which I thought was interesting in their attitude to them as well, but obviously we shall not name them as of yet. Um, But yep, co-conspirators joining the equity crowdfunding campaign trail. Um, One thing that was interesting about this one for me is that There's a line in the press release that says investors will receive a range of benefits, including equity, exclusive access to events, plus priority tasting of new exclusive beers. So I think it's really important that they put all those three things on a par with each other at the same level and all that kind of stuff because it's... It's it's a little bit more measured, um, their their approach to it. And again, like
0: you know, it's the way of equity crowdfunding is you launch... You have a three-week, um, you know, runway before you open it to build hype and you know have have an idea of how much interest there is and you know a, a, as we've seen, some people haven't even gone ahead with it because the level of pre-interest has been so low yep. that they haven't gone ahead with it. Um,
1: or but, devil, do you remember Devil's Elbow? in Dubbo I think they were going to do one they did an expressions of interest phase and then they were like actually we got an offer from a private investor else, and, and they and went so to you, that you and that was really interesting yeah. so
0: so there there are ways of doing it yeah uh-huh. but it's you know again I yeah I look it, it was it was interesting when we went back to Look at the 2014 Yeasty Boys, mm. um, and I wrote about it. <laughs> you know, so, like, there's been a consistency to my approach. <laughs> Seven years ago, oh, I feel really uncomfortable about this, but you know, here's Stu <laughs> telling his own story, kind of thing. And um, yeah, it's it's great. You know, it's it's a great way to get investors and expand your your base and lock in your your, your supporters. But as we'll talk about, the valuations may not be. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, and. Matt, we've got a separate chat. Well, we yeah, so as part of that um, beer cartel, um, now they launched yesterday, at no, two days ago at time, they launched on Tuesday at time of writing. Uh, I spoke to the guys uh, yesterday um, and uh, I think they were at $380,000 uh, raised, so 150% of what they were looking for. Um, Thing that interested me most was the average investment was thirteen hundred dollars. So people aren't just going, oh look, I'll you know, splunk. I mean, I I would find it hard to pull up fifteen hundred dollars to drop on something that was a whim. You know, like let, let's face it, equity crowdfunding. No one has ever made any money out of an Australian equity crowdfunding in in the beer space. They've never got a return. Um, the ones that we know, are, you know haven't done very well. So $1,500 is a pretty significant investment in the business. It's a f- pretty significant vote of confidence. Um, you know, a lot of discussion around the $20 million valuation. Um, when I saw that, you know, I did what I did when um, Bucket Boys, you know, their revenue projections um, proved to be overly optimistic. Haven't heard a lot from them Um Since And of course, affected by COVID. But if you jump on, you know, businesses for sale in New South Wales, you can buy a bottle shop that's turning over, um, you know, a tenth of what beer cartel is, but you can buy it for $150,000. So, you know, multiplying that by 10, it's $1.5 million. So they're putting a lot of pressure on themselves to continue to grow at the rate that they are to justify that $20 million valuation. But anyway, um, I, I did catch up with them yesterday. It ended up being a longer chat than I was planning. I was hoping to do a quick little insert into the podcast. It ended up being like a 35, 40 minute. And congratulations to the, you know, good good on the guys. They were willing to, you know, front up and answer the questions and, you know, defend their valuation. Um, you know, pretty hard questions, um, some skeptical questions, and they did it. But it's a forty-minute chat. It's not quite a beer as a conversation, so we'll put it out as a compendium podcast. So if you see a um, you know Brews News Week um, uh, Beer Cartel special um, after you listen to this, go listen and you'll hear um, you know the the guys from Beer Cartel discuss what they're planning to do. um, And it's it's like your your
2: TV week. You know, um, you get a special lift out <laughs> in the middle of, you know, the out poster of, of um moving pictures or something. Yeah. Yep. Just to age that one. Um now, <laughs> uh speaking of good news in beer. Claire, Green Coast Lager has been announced as the official beer of the
1: Wallabies. That's it. So, Stonewood and uh, partnered with Rugby Australia and the Wallabies. So, their Green Coast Lager will be available at Wallabies tests this year across Australia, which is bloody fantastic. And I believe Matt's got a little insert for, um, with Nick Boots.
0: I do, because there's a lot of interesting stuff that, that comes out of this. Um, because when you see, as you'll hear, so it's a 10-minute chat um, with Nick Boots that I'll uh, play for in a second. But the reason that it was worth digging a little bit deeper into is, you know, A, um, a, a, an A-level national representative team sponsorship um, by a craft brewery. Green Coast gets all of the billing over the, you know, Stone & Wood is on the um, label, but it's Green Coast, so, you know, really setting it up as a separate thing. And as you'll hear, you know, there could be some further interesting line extensions. So uh, this is my chat with Nick Boots from Stone & Wood. Nick Boots, welcome to Brews News Week. Thanks for having me. Oh mate, a uh, big news just after we recorded last week. Green Coast Lager, official beer of the Wallabies.
3: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, very exciting for us. Very exciting. Uh, um, as you imagine, um, quite a bit of time in the making, uh, but it um, it came to life last week, and uh, we're very proud to be able to announce on uh, on Friday afternoon and. Got a lot, lot of work to do, a lot of fast peddling with the uh, with the series starting in a couple of weeks. But it's a real step change for us with um, with Green Coast Lager, and where I guess it really underlines um, our, our long term aspirations for, for that brand, and uh, really really putting a rocket under it.
0: Yeah, and look, I, I, I do have to say that you know Green Coast Lager is certainly front and centre. Looking at the, um, the 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 banner that we've got, official beer of the Wallabies, Green Coast Lager. You have to really squint to see the uh, little stone and wood rondel.
3: Yeah, you know what, and we we undenied about everything, including the Stone and Wood um, endorsement there, t- to be honest, Matt, where we're very adamant about, you know, our House of Brands concepts and that's having, you know, the Cloud Pale Ale, the Pacific Ale, the Green Coast Lager, all sit as individual brands under Stone and Wood. Uh, so to that end, this sponsorship is very much about Green Coast and only Green Coast. And, and you know, we're conscious that when a lot of drinkers think, stone and wood they think of one beer and that's pacific ale we're very lucky to have that strong brand uh there but you know we want we want to make sure we're growing the rest of the portfolio at, at a similar if not faster rate so we've got a couple of really strong players in the portfolio so that this play is very much about green coast lager and tapping into those lager drinkers who are um, who love their rugby and love their sport
0: it, it's funny in a way because i, I... When uh, Fat Yak uh, took off for Matilda Bay and, you know, the the other beers weren't doing very well, they really tried to make everything, you know, it was Yak Ales um, and dragged them along with with their master brand. You guys feel like it's going a little bit the other way, as you said.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we think that the opportunity uh, is absolutely there and, you know whether it be, you know, Green Coast Lager, you know, buy Stone & Wood or, you know, Cloudcatcher Pale buy Stone & Wood, then that's okay. And that, that Stone & Wood is the endorser and it gives um, the, the equity and the quality um, that, that Stone & Wood beers are known for. Uh, but we do think the opportunity is to tap into different segments with those different brands under the Stone, stone & Wood umbrella. Uh, and, and we're conscious that Pacific Ale and its profile is not for everyone. And um, so we want to make sure that, you know, Green Coast Lager is no longer, um, you know, the green one in the stone and wood portfolio that we get sometimes. Uh, and um, make sure, one, people know it exists and, two, they get a chance to
0: try it. It's uh, it, I mean, it's no secret that, uh, you know, these days I tend to drink a lot more of the Green Coast than I do of the the, the Pacific Ale because it's just such a good lager. But is there any, you know, it, as a Keller beer, it's got that little bit of extra body and extra you know, flavor to it. Is there, you know, is is there a concern that it might be a little bit too crafty for the mainstream audience? Look, it's a good question.
3: It's something we debated and we, you're right, mate, we we love the beer. You know, we got gold a couple of weeks ago in the AIBAs with it. Um, uh, only knocked off by, by two birds, uh, Lago with a trophy. is nice <laughs> within the family. Um, and, um I'm sure Danielle and Jane will keep ribbing, ribbing me about that. Uh, and, uh, it um, uh, we're wrapped with a beer, but what this opportunity gives us when we're we're driving Green Coast very much as a standalone brand is what else can we do with the Green Coast brand, and can we actually extend it and create a couple of different lagers um, under the Green Coast banner? So um, uh, without giving anything away, um, there's uh, there's thoughts and opportunities uh, and plans afoot to to do more with Green Coast and um, have more than one beer. Under Green Coast Lager in the future, so um, so watch this space on that one.
0: Okay, well, without pushing too hard, but as a journalist, I have to ask a question because it's, Green Coast is a full strength um, beer. At the football, a lot of stadiums are limited to uh, mid strength just because of um, you know al- alcohol consumption. It is one of the potential line extensions going to be a mid strength to fit in with that sponsorship?
3: Well, look you. You look at the, the amazing success of you know that contemporary category the clear glass. I think I heard the other day it was forty odd percent now of the market is that clear glass contemporary, which in many cases ranges from three point five to four point five percent ABVs. So I guess using old terminology yes that you know that is that is mid-strength but you know whether you call it the crisp category or the mid or whatever it may be that feels like that you know consumers are far more um, open-minded to to beers between three and a half and four and a half than they ever were because they know they're not a significant flavor compromise that they might have once been uh, and they're now seen as as pretty much standard rather than than mid or low so Absolutely, um, that's that's on the on the radar for us.
0: And I, you know, I've taken to describing we're in the post-craft world these days. I was in a great little craft brewery recently, and the brewer was, you know, encouraging me to try his rice lager that was modelled on, you know, his version of you know a Budweiser style beer. And uh, you know, he was incredibly proud of it in a way that you know craft brewer, craft brewing pioneers probably didn't. Is you know, does that get free you up to? Create beers that are probably a little bit more relevant to this sort of sponsorship.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. And you know, we've when we taste across the port across the, the industry, whether they be from a, a macro industrial brewer or the the smallest craft guys, we're you know we're still blown away by the quality of some of the mass produced beers uh, out there. And you know, absolute credit to, to those guys, the the volume they produce and the the price they can produce it for. They're still outstanding so you know absolutely there's um you know we've learned a lot uh in the last year or two looking at that space and um you know we'll, we'll see that and and see beers come you know come from our broader portfolio that are perhaps are more broadly market appealing and we're we're conscious that ale and craft ale is a small portion of the market and we're lucky enough to be a a big player but in a relatively small pond um you know it's that other 90 percent of the market that is lager that it wouldn't be we wouldn't be doing our jobs if we didn't you know have a have a good crack at um at having a couple of relevant offers in that space
0: and i mean huge uh, I, I guess i've buried the lead to some extent because you know to sponsor a major national football team is a huge thing for uh, you know a small little brewery that you know in home in Byron Bay 12, 13 years ago.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Look, we didn't, we didn't start half-hearted, did we? <laughs> um, it's uh, uh, it's a biggie. And look, the stars did align uh, on it. Uh, but, you know, we think, um, we think there's a real great long-term opportunity for us. And um, just the phone calls I've received, the emails, the social media, the comments on LinkedIn just have been, have been wonderful around the alignment um, with you know with green coast with stone and wood and and rugby australia and the wallaby so we think we've we've hit a, a hit a sweet spot there um, so the opportunity now is for us to to get out there and leverage it and and make sure that you know drinkers um, are one becoming aware of of the beer and and two whether they're at the ground or at an activation in a in an on or pre- off premise venue uh, during the next three or four months, that they um, do they become aware and get a chance to try um, you know, Green Coast Lager. Uh,
0: last question: uh, Capacity issues have plagued Stone and Wood since the beginning. Lagers, you know, uh, are a hard thing to produce at the best of times. Are you worried that <laughs> if this takes off, that you're really making a, an, an increased rod, you know, an added rod for your back?
3: <laughs> yeah, look, we take residency, hey. It's a uh, <laughs> it's a, a burn um, or a bane of my existence uh, sometimes and uh, Richie Cray head of production I have daily discussions uh, on it. Um so man, it's a good problem to have. Um and while, you know, we do have always had our Pacific hour capacity challenges too, um, uh, it, it is a good problem to have. Uh, the thing to be conscious of too is, you know, we're, we're going to break ground in the next six months on, on our new brewery uh, in Wollombi, which in time can, you know, be scaled up towards that 60, 80 million litre capacity. So part of this play is very much about ensuring we've got a number of strong brands growing uh that when when we go live with with that new brewery and let's call it two two and a half years time that uh we'll be um we'll we'll be utilizing you know a large proportion of it uh, and the last thing we want is for that to that to go live and then we you know we're only utilizing a fraction of its capacity uh so this is very much about getting some real momentum behind a number of brands so um we can really um yeah, utilise that space and and create great beer in, in in much better volume than we can at the moment. Excellent.
0: Well, mate, I, I know you're in New Zealand, so I'll let you get back to it. Um, thank you very much for uh, talking a little bit about Green Coast Lager. And, uh, mate, I'll, I'll, I'll be – as I sit at home watching the games on TV, I'll be looking for you in that uh, – no doubt you've got a stone and wood box there.
3: Oh, mate, not much <laughs> of that, to be honest. We, we, we carved out a lot of that. That's not really our seed. Uh, but um, just getting some, some media and some signage around the ground, so – People watching TV can go. Oh, what is that? I'm going to go and look for it next time I go into my local. Uh, that's that's the goal. So okay, uh, yeah, th- 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 you, that's
0: mate. interesting because it's a you know once upon a time that was uh, you know what all of the uh, sponsorship was about. Uh, these days, you're taking no. a craft approach to to the sponsorship, just getting the yeah the, the, the out a there. Yeah, A
3: bit, mate. T- to be honest, mate, we we, we carved out uh, a lot of a lot of that stuff, the player appearances. The, the frame footy jumpers the, all that sort of stuff which is all all wonderful but it's not it's not really us and all the VIP tickets and corporate boxes that's that's not our scene you know we're very very single minded about you know brand awareness and trial here so uh, if you uh, if you like we've um yeah we've gone the we've gone the bare bowed sponsorship option but I think <laughs> yeah we think there's there's still great value in it for for both us and Rugby Australia so we're we're stoked to be working with them.
0: Wonderful. Oh, Nick, uh, thanks for your time and uh, enjoy New Zealand.
3: Cool. Thanks, Matt. Cheers. Catch you later.
0: There we go. So, yeah, a lot long. There was, there was a lot in that, for given it was just a, a, an announcement. Yeah. but If you listen... Um, so interesting. There's, there's going there's going some interesting things on There's some interesting things that were sort of not really said. Um, that Yeah, like I was that there might be a mid-strength version to fit in with uh, sponsorships, but there's a lot of talk about contemporary beer and things like that. So, uh yeah, we really might be uh, in a, the, to, to the phrase I used was a post-craft world, um, you know, Stone and Wood playing in the same space as the big guys.
2: Perhaps we can rename it to uh, Green Coast Super Crisp World.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, yeah, like he, there, he didn't give anything away, but there was certainly, um, yeah, um, Let watch this space, let me say that. Mm. So, yeah, it ended up being a very interesting chat. Claire, uh, just with the
2: IP, I would, you know, um, Trademark Australia and that sort of thing, just keep an eye out for uh, something along the lines of the um, great legendary brewing company in (laughs) um, (laughs) M'willambar.
1: <laughs> Will do, mate. Will do. Uh,
2: now, New South Wales brewers are to reap benefits of government support. Claire,
1: indeed. So, just a little update. The IBA obviously did the deal with the New South uh, Wales government last year. They got two hundred thousand dollars. They spent it on um, membership membership fees, a bit on BrewCon, which then went virtual, obviously. Um, but this is sort of part of the package of what that deal was about to um, come up with options and and ways that uh, the the state government can help brewers and apparently they've Totally got on board with it. Uh, crisis funding, fee waivers, all sorts of things. They've been talking about lots of projects in the background as well, um, to do with tourism and sourcing New South Wales barley and things like that. So it just was a nice little top up, um, just to say, you know, this is where we're at with that. And I'll have to do a little bit of digging and, and have a chat to a few more New South Wales brewers, um, just see, you know, who's taken advantage of this and what they think of it. But that'll be sort of an ongoing thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, always good to see some state government support for brewers um, and hopefully we'll see more of it.
2: And something else that looks like it's uh, to be ongoing is uh, Lono. L- L- no
1: Lono? What's the yeah. No, no or low, No Lono.
2: No alcohol Al. beer and uh, we received news that Amazon is to back uh, Upflow.
1: Yeah so this happened while I was away and I just caught up with Julian um, Sanders obviously of Spark Breweries and Distilleries and also Upflow um, which he founded in January 2020. They've got a big grant from uh, Amazon $20,000 in cash and then loads of advertising and things like that so you'll probably have seen them on uh, your Facebook feed a fair bit but it was just a nice little piece about um, why they did that what that means for them we've talked about the competitive nature of no alcohol and um, I know you guys talked about it last week Uh, just how competitive it is is really interesting that this is sort of giving them a little boost Uh, and also that it all sort of sort of pave the way for if they have any other Amazon partnerships in, for example, Europe or the United States. They've got a bit of proof of concept here as well. So that kind of says a lot to me about um, upflow strategy and them wanting to go a little bit wider than just Australia. Uh, and Julian even said, like, I think if if they had a brewery, they probably wouldn't have it in Australia. They'd look wider. So that's really interesting to, to sort of see the trajectory of that one. But, yeah, good, good on them because that's a big deal. That's a really big deal.
2: Yeah, According to my script, that's all the news. We, we've we covered everything. We have. But we've also yeah, we've we've put a, a fair bit in as well. Mm. So uh, thanks for joining us. If you do need to head off now, you may. You are free to leave. Uh, consider yourselves excused. But for those who wish to stay, uh, welcome to Below the Fold. And we will start off with Mailbag. Mailbag. And mailbag, of course, is proudly presented by New Zealand Ale Trail. Head to www.nzaletrail.com or at NZ Ale Trail, or one word on social media to find the best beer experiences in New Zealand. And presumably, Nick Boots is—is is he stuck there, Matt? Was he on his way back, or is he—is the bubble burst for so. Queenslanders?
0: Oh. I, I, I presume Not he's out of Queensland. Did um, you speak to him or, before or, all this New South Wales stuff? Didn't yeah, you? but I—but it, it sounds like the airport.
2: Um, yeah, well, Nick, if you're stuck, uh, www.nzaletrail.com or if you've got your social media open there at NZ Ale Trail um, and uh, you can yeah, perhaps squeeze in a, a quick beer experience. Good way to <laughs> while away the time. Exactly. Uh, don't forget you can review us on, um, I was going to say Amazon, you can review us on, maybe you can, I don't know, um, do, 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 what's it called? You know that thing? I do. That's the one. Uh, or send us in an email to be in the draw for the letter of the week. And you can also join our Facebook group. Just search Radio Bruce News and use the password soapbox. Uh, someone, Claire, who has availed themselves of that avenue of commentary is josh boyle
1: indeed so josh said seeing the current discussion around women in beer i thought i would get an idea of people's views on the sexualization of beer um using adult terms or phrases for beer brands and associated support companies here in europe there are a few large brands with names that could translate to plow job, wank dick <laughs> etc and now a small canning company that's using the name oh i'm not even gonna oh yeah Ugh. anyway it's about a uh, 80s adult film Uh, so you get the picture Uh, personally I'm a little over it I don't see the need for it but hey sex sells they all claim to not target women but seeing as they're all male owned and operated I don't think a woman would run a company with joke names um Josh you're probably right actually on that one um but to be fair we've seen this not regularly but more often than I'd like in with Australian brewers and They shall not be named. But there's lots of them, like, saying, you know, show us your pair and we'll give you a free beer and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, get over it. It's so pathetic. (laughs) And it's still... You're right, though. It still sells. But it does remind me of all those old-school adverts, you know, what we sometimes laugh about in the office on, like, a Friday afternoon or whatever, watching the 4X adverts with loads of blokes on the beach and there's loads of birds in bikinis.
0: Brisbane Bitter one with the the girls in short shorts on bikes. Um, But you know, still a long way to go, but we've come a long way. Let's not forget. We
1: have. And I think it's really interesting because we did um, a piece a while ago about exit brewing and doing a rebrand. And one of the things they said was that we rebranded because we didn't want to look like a little male focused um, brewery. You know, we're not all beardy men here. We want women to be able to find the brand accessible as well and loads of other different types of people. Um, and I think that's really important. I think brewers craft brewers, we may have started out um, at an amateurish level, some some of people might say, but now we've advanced to the point where we realise that our consumer base is wider than that. And But does that mean that Actually, we have that to sanitise That's an interesting
0: point because, you know, eight, ten years ago when... Businesses started realising that there was 50% of the potential market that they weren't reaching. They started doing beers for women, which were, you know, in a pink can or the slimline can or oh, it was named something yeah. female friendly. Have we sort of reached the stage, do you think, where we just make a beer that isn't blokey with, without having to actually go to that next yeah. Step of actually going well. This is a beer for women. Yeah, this we is just a make a beer, beer. that mm. everyone doesn't exclude anybody, yeah, and yeah. people can come to it. Is it, it, again, it's, it's I, I can only look at through my prism, and mm-hmm. you know, beer was always for me in many ways.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting as well because with the advent of cans, we've got more real estate to put designs on. They could have gone the blokey route and mm. or the too overly feminized route or whatever, but I think people realise now that you know what is accessible to people is not necessarily one or the other and especially not in the world today that's just stupid it's not the 70s where you advertise things specifically for women or specifically for men i just i think we're moving away from that way of advertising and i think brewers know that and they're much more into being creative and th- oh, i hate to say it but thinking outside the box and things like that and we don't need to resort to that kind of bullshit you know mm. i just don't think we need to i think yeah. we've advanced beyond that um and I, I don't know, I haven't seen anything recently that I'd be like, oh, that's disgusting. Can't believe they do that. Um, unless it was something to do with Brewdog, probably. But <laughs> no, I think we're doing all right. I think we're doing all right. I don't think we're quite the same as Europe in that respect. I think there's a cultural difference um, with a lot of European countries compared to Australia. Um, and I, to be fair, I think Australia's probably... Really, a bit more advanced on that one, um, even in England, because we have seen a few. I'll, I'll have to dig them out, but I've, before I left, I did see a lot of like ridiculous beers, like that, like beer for girls and stuff like mm. that. Um, and you're like, oh, get over it. That's who are you? You're just pissing women off and alienating men. So who's that going for? Nobody. Yeah. Anyway, that was my run over. Thanks, <laughs> no, Josh. <not> Nicely done. <laughs> and if you'd like
2: to take the exit route, oh no, the, uh, <laughs> take the same route that exit did and do a rebrand, you'll be uh, needing new labelling and stickers and packaging and all that sort of thing and um, I believe that Relling's label stickers and packaging can offer labels, stickers, shrink-wrapped sleeve cans ready to fill, printed and blank cartons. They do tap decals, you can get keg collars, just about anything that's print related to the brewing industry. They pride themselves on giving clients a quality product and experience whenever clients deal with them and they look forward to hearing from you. So call Brad or Paul on 1300 852 235 to find out more. Relling's label stickers and packaging are the whole package. I didn't write that. <laughs> uh, so one three hundred eight five two two three five 852 235 to discuss further. And, Matt, I
0: believe you now have uh, – you've got a letter to read out <laughs> from Brad oh, and Paul on, in Brisbane. It, it just love it. You know, like they were just saying how much value they get out of um, being associated with us. So not only did they do an ad for us, uh, for for themselves, um, they did an ad for us, and you know, just saying how uh, they've been advertising on Radio Brews News for the last two years. And we'd recommend anyone wanting to advertise specifically to the Australian brewing community to talk to uh, the Radio Brews News team. Um, I and don't that know would why be we're saying.
1: spooking this because we can't fit any more. We up. can't fit any <laughs> <your agency>. more. <laughs> we're,
2: well, uh, we're doing a crowd version of well, I'll um, tell you advertising what, because we're, <laughs> we're we're creating interest, we're building the anticipation, and we're creating a queue.
0: Yeah, There's now, like yeah. You know, get get in line. As we soon as we are else drops so out. in demand. Yeah. Imagine imagine <laughs> how much more advertising we could have if we raised two million dollars on uh, a crowdfunding platform to. Create more content. <laughs>
1: we'd be off on holiday. Though, oh, we we f- you. <laughs> tell you what, twenty million <laughs> dollars. Well, you guys it. might be
0: off on holiday. <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> Pete. I'm, I'm
0: on holiday as we speak. Pete, we'd be able to. F- we'd be able to buy you a nice little hermetically sealed bubble with yeah. palm trees and sand. Or you could move to Byron Bay, like with... all the other celebs. Yeah,
1: they're allowed to do that because they're rich. We could do that. Speaking with of you of
2: fundraising. Uh, Dave Walls, uh, oh, yes. Claire, in the Facebook group commented. Um,
1: yeah, Dave says, um, in regards to uh, the beer Cartel fundraising, uh, not very impressed with the financial information in the pack. Also, maybe 300k net profit in full year 2021. Uh, not financial sure, year? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I meant financial year. Uh, not sure how that justifies a 20 million valuation. That
0: Well, again, we'll talk about that in the snippet. All those issues and session. more shall be covered. Yeah, but also yeah. then we do have a, we're doing a valuation panel because of conversations just like this. You speak to brewery owners um, and they're going, well, look, you know, look at this one, this one, this one, this one. Ours is in keeping with them. And as I point out, no one's actually made any money based on those valuations. but um, And none of the equity crowdfunders have actually sold to give a realisation. So we're going to have a discussion panel in Brisbane on the 7th of July. Details will be available by the time uh, you hear this if you, any Brisbane-based brewers want to uh, listen, um, and then we'll be putting it out as a podcast. We're speaking to an accountancy firm um, who sell hospitality businesses um, and get them ready for sale and value them um, for sale. Um, Dan Norris, who has done just about, his brewery Black Ops has done just about every version of um, uh, it, you know, fundraising through private equity crowdfunding, equity crowdfunding, um, to talk about how they, what they've learned about it. And then also uh, speaking to Matt Vitali from Birchall, um who will be saying how they do it for an equity crowdfunding. So it'll be a really interesting panel looking at the ins and outs of how uh, these valuations come from people coming at it from three very different uh, perspectives. So and, and just now. on that, Matt, what are the mechanics of the... Well, we're going to do it as a live panel in Brisbane with a live, in, filmed in front of a live studio audience. Um, but then it'll go out as a podcast. So yeah, so hopefully, the live studio audience will have you know some ask posed questions that our uh, podcast audience uh, would also be asking. So when they hear them, their questions are answered as well. So invite only or with information to come? Can people, uh, it, it, there will be a get... link in the show notes. Um, anyone who is oh, – look, I mean, if you want to fly to Brisbane, um, and I think Matt Vitale is flying to Brisbane to be part of the um, podcast, um, if you wanted to come up for it, um, I know that there was a bit of discussion in the Facebook group about you know expressing interest in hearing it so it will be put out as a podcast but yeah if you are in Brisbane or you're in the southeast corner or you just want to make your way to Brisbane for the podcast we're probably not in a position to live stream it yet um we are working on uh doing some of those but yeah we wanted to make sure that there was an appetite for it but anyway um keep an eye out and uh learn all about valuing your business Speaking of appetite, uh, David Pegg
2: in the Facebook group uh, spoke about uh, the appetite for uh, beer during winter.
1: Yeah, David asks, do beer sales take a large hit during winter? I figured we'd have the data from this group from someone. I don't think we did, actually. Um, Still loving that quote from Pete Mitchum, uh, who made beer the boss of summer, the sun. That's it. That's a good one, Pete. Uh, Well, the sun is gone, and I feel like a glass of red in front of the fire, to be honest. um. I don't red know. Red IPA
2: or a Celtic red ale?
1: Uh, yeah.
2: Bridge Road Brewers. We get on
1: tons of stouts recommending yeah. beers
2: or doing beer reviews, but yeah. there are plenty I of if
1: that's the case.
2: I enjoyed the other night um Valley Belly Brewing. Uh, Smokey sent me a stout. Uh, among no, some how other did beers? you get on his
0: list? We're not on his mm. list.
2: Well, he—they've just brewed a fern uh, New Zealand pilsner, and so he reached out and said, "Look, would you like to? I'd love to, you know, get you to try it. Click <laughs> a <laughs> and the I'll send some."
0: Effect on uh, name-checking pilsners. Yeah, so we, we want a bit yeah. of that. Uh, well, we're Mitchum. doing
2: it. Yeah, when 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 I'm allowed out, I'll um I promise to to do a beer swap. So I'll, I'll send him some professor's pilsner, uh, mm-hmm. and the New Zealand pilsner is an absolute cracker, by the way. Not that I'm doing beer reviews <laughs> or recommendations, but um, but the, Pete, stout, the stout the, was a cracker, absolute cracker.
0: There may be a new section in the uh, podcast. A new Ooh. section? <laughs> yeah. um, your Pete's beer reviews. Well, we, we, we joked about, you know, someone wanted to sponsor Pete's beer reviews and we've had someone come on. I'm not going to say anything yet because we need to uh, follow up and I don't Love even it. know if we can fit any more ads into the um I, I don't want this Although, one.
1: it's a different section. Or any more segments. So, yeah. Any
0: more segments. But but you give reviews and yeah. the people do hang out for them. And it doesn't have to be just yours. That's you.
2: Well, and to be fair, they're, yeah, they're rare as rock and horse poop. Like, <laughs> I, I don't do them. I, well, I we, try we, very hard not to do beer reviews because, yeah. you know, everyone,
0: it'd be a subjective. subjective. Okay. It, when everyone's giving the Uber driver five stars, what does a five-star review mean? Exactly. So, you know, we only give reviews when there's something that really stands out. Yeah, exactly. Actually, and speaking of which, uh, something that really stood out for me just to, um, the pink boots, uh, Rye Pale Ale. Um, oh, I haven't had mine yet. Partnership um, uh, from Brick Lane. Any um, good? Got sent that. Big thumbs up for that. Yeah, lovely, lovely beer. Excellent. And uh, uh, when I, s- I gave um, said to Paul Barker oh, that John Selton's a good brew. He said had nothing to do with it. So it was the, the depth of that team. So yeah. Wow. Anyway, um, cool. check it out.
2: Well, the, the old expression, "There's no such thing as bad soldiers, just bad generals," and I think it, the, the reverse works as well. So, if you've got a good system, um, and you know John sets the the standard there, that it, it does mean that, any, in truth, anyone should be able to come in and uh, and brew under John's model, and it should be a good beer. Yeah, that's it. Uh, speaking of good beer, Helios makes some good beer, and there was some discussion about their. Uh, Claire, I'm assuming you've caught up on this.
1: I have indeed, yes. Uh,
2: which Matt and I discussed uh, last week about the, the pricing uh, cost model.
1: Yes, and I spoke to Scott about it this week, actually, um, so we might do a little piece on it. Um, but Wade in the Facebook group um, has also weighed in, uh, and he says there are two costing or pricing models a brewery can choose. Number one, actual cost to produce plus margin, uh, or two, market-based pricing to hit a price point. Um, in my observation, a smaller brewer like Helios are most likely using number one, um, selling four packs of pale at around twenty to twenty-two dollars. Um, larger craft brewers are those with bigger distribution, pricing similar beers at seventeen dollars a four pack. Who? Where? Where is this? Wait. Um, they are pricing this way with a long-term view to grow volume. I'm sure these brewers will either take the extra margin as profit or invest in marketing to grow the brand or buy equipment to gain manufacturing efficiencies. Don't think a smaller brewer... Yeah, and this is this is it. I uh, don't think a smaller brewer like Helios is starting a race to the bottom by dropping their already more expensive four packs by a dollar. And this is exactly what Scott said. He was like, look, you know, we we have high costs our beers are high abv we pay we used to pay or we do at the minute pay a lot of excise um apparently for one of them i think zeus uh excises 50 percent of the production costs effectively so basically what they're saying is this is a massive deal to a small brewer but it's kind of a bigish deal or a medium deal to a much larger brewer um and this really is the key they're not saying, right, well, everyone's around this price point and we're going to take it lower. They're literally saying, we are above that and we're going to take our Mm. prices down to that competitive level, which can only be a good thing, really. Um, For a small brewer like Helios, you know, they're an outlier. They're not necessarily um, an average brewer, uh, an average brewery. Um, So that was really interesting. And I did also speak to Scott who said um, they're really trying to get on and they really want to – pass these price drops onto not only the customers, so people going to the tap room, but also to anyone supplying them as well. Um, So he wants to make it equitable. And I think when I talked to him about it before, I was like, oh, really, is that a good thing to do? But actually, when I spoke to him and talked it through, he was like, look, we just want to help these people. The customers came in every week, even if they didn't need a carton and bought a carton because they wanted to support us. He said, they came up to me and they asked me, like, how you doing? And he was like, yeah, all right. And he's like, no, how are you actually doing? And they were, it just, and that's like the kind of community brewery that you want. And fair enough, you know, the IBA can say whatever they want about what, you know, what brewers should do with this. But at the end of the day, brewers can do whatever they want whatever advantage they their business exactly and if yeah. they and
0: and, and w- exactly. w- w- which was my point again like I, I felt there was a little bit pushback to when i talked about that that mm-hmm. a lot of people are going to use it to pass on savings and we you know w- we saw that with the um y- you know when the, the keg excise changed um 18 months ago mm-hmm. um you know businesses are going to use it to their advantage they're not going to go well it's good for the industry if i invest this in my Business and keep the money myself. Mm-hmm. They will lower it. And, and, and actually, just a wage point because I thought oh, seventeen dollars for some of the big brewers for craft. Yeah, little creatures really? is one of the bigger um, craft breweries. You know, they've mm-hmm. got the full force of, of line. um You know, little creatures, Rogers, which is a mid-strength amber ale at BWS is twenty-three dollars eighty. Um, XPA twenty-five dollars for I a. That, that's a six pack, not yeah. a four pack. Oh, not four. Pack. Um, so a four pack oh, okay. would come down a little bit more. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so like yeah, you know, pricing is. Um,
1: that's it, and also Helios have not only dropped their prices, but they've also been actually reinvested in the business. They, I've got two new um, salespeople. They brought in a marketing company, and they're distributing in South Australia and Victoria now. So that yeah. kind of give, gives you an idea of how much of an impact something like 150 grand could be to a company like that that's small. Like that's a drop in the ocean to. Man, stone I wish Bruce and news paid excise? <laughs> You love that. Imagine one, what yeah. we could do with <laughs> <the> next. <laughs> it. next.
0: Equity, create, funny, and excise. We could. Watch out, Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> Rolling in it. <laughs> well, no, we would be in my hypothetical world.
1: If only.
2: Uh, speaking of big numbers, uh, alcohol companies make seventeen and a half billion dollars a year from underage drinking.
1: Yes, yeah, so I don't know. I just put a, put a few bits and bobs down the bottom. Don't know if you wanted to. You just wanted to trigger uh, you <laughs> know, to wind everyone up. No, this one was really interesting because some, I think it was an academic um, who often write for the conversation. Um, they basically said that they've estimated that um, this is the big brewers. So I'm talking AB and Bev. I'm not talking. Like, our, like a smaller level, um, make $17.5 billion a year off underage drinking um, while prevention efforts are starved for cash. And I thought this was really interesting because they did put the blame on these massive companies. And we've talked about it before, about how a massive company like AB InBev can, or anybody who does this, can sell alcohol much cheaper just through scales of economy and um, economies of scale even and things like that. But also markets their alcohol potentially not not on purpose but to a younger audience so all this kind of interesting stuff but it does it annoys me because it's interesting but it does feed nightmare companies and organizations like fair um to be like oh yeah here look um alcohol companies evil blah 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 um and yeah fair enough that does sound make them sound crap but you know underage kids drink you know what what are you gonna do it you're absolutely they're absolutely right though that you know prevention efforts are the the place to go and education all that kind of stuff and we're looking at dry july and things like that and looking at you know people keep saying young people don't drink as much and all that kind of stuff um i'd, I'd like to see more about that and delve into that a little bit more about this whole concept of people not drinking as much drinking better quality um and we'll, we'll have we'll have a dig into it we'll have a dig in
0: it. Um, I, I just drawn to the line, while underage drinking has been steadily declining since mm. 2002,
1: <laughs> you know... And like, so what's your problem?
0: <laughs> none of these changes, no, none of the change, none of the problems that we want to solve, solve in community mm. happen because the government says, tomorrow we're going to solve this problem. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I guess I have a vested interest or I have a, like, I, I deal in alcohol, like our business is in alcohol, but... We've never been a company that has denied the problems around alcohol. But I also see how seriously the brewing industry take their social responsibilities in so many ways um, that, you know, and, and even if it is cynical that they just don't want to be seen um, supporting it, they, they go so far the opposite way because they know that they've got a big target on their back. Um, yeah, anyway, mm. go go read the article and... yeah. Try not to be... <laughs> <happy. laughs> Too infuriated. <laughs> the flip side
2: of that is that, you know, um, apparently we learned this week that zero alcohol is um, bigger than craft.
1: Yeah. The growth Asahi is... Asahi The guy from Asahi reckons that. And I was a bit like, yeah, but maybe if you're talking in percentages over the past year, but not in actual sales, that's just a bit... It's a bit much, that. And also, does that take into I, account the craft I think the they're talking about the that's... growth
0: because they're saying that 30% yeah. Growth. I, I don't think it's bigger, but the growth is bigger. Yeah, it's thirty percent growth so I mean, versus I think craft is five percent these days. Uh huh. Um,
1: yeah. So in percentages, but like you said the other week, you know, they've, it's from such a low base that this sort of skews the idea that zero alcohol is completely outstripping craft, which is just ridiculous. Plus, how many zero alcohol brands are craft? would be considered craft a few yeah there are quite a few, a few. and
0: l- l- listen to the chat i had with jazz um warren um mm-hmm. which is you know again the whole thing was very interesting um you know it, look oh, I, i've got no issues with craft beer um and sorry uh, zero elk beer um contrary <laughs> as soon as there's an article everyone tags me or sort of contacts me about it no issues with um it, it i just see that there is a all of the Articles like this are coming from people who are selling craft beer, trying to drive interest. It's coming from businesses that may be trying to pump up the tyres on the business to make it look like it's a highly desirable takeover target, which Mm -hmm. gives them a huge incentive to not only talk about how successful it is now, but how big their business is. So they get the sort of equity crowdfunding valuations from a private equity investor in in their business. Um, And nothing in the marketplace I see warrants that Hype and hubris that you're seeing in, in in the media. It's not to say that you know with enough time it's not going to grow to a significant um, element, but I just see that there is a lot of friction counting against major you know, craft beer is plateauing. I mean, I, I, I honestly think that the growth of craft beer is slowing quite drastically, and you've got the very pointy end, and even the mainstream craft beer. Isn't growing nearly as quickly as people would have predicted five or six years ago. And low alk isn't nearly as compelling as craft beer is. So, you know, if, if craft beer is plateauing at 15, 20% of the market for everything, including the furfies, how you know, what, mm-hmm. whatever you want to mm-hmm. cut it, um, zero alk, you know, work out what percentage of the market you think. Zero Alex is going to be. Yeah. So, yeah, I, there's demand for it. There's a whole lot of social trends that are driving it and make it look – I actually think that we're going to see something else emerge. Um, people have tried kombucha um, as being mm. the alternative to that. that kombucha sort of is not a pub drink. A yeah. yeah. Um, Interesting. It's not a pub drink. It's, it's it's not. It doesn't have that sociability. But then I'd ask the question, you know, when you look at the way that we're wired, that sociability and alcohol – you know, do go together. It doesn't have to be getting shit-faced alcohol. It can be just that one drink, you know, like that first drink that you have on a Friday is the one that makes you feel good. Everything else is chasing that feeling and that might be the thing that people are waiting at. We we don't know. Mm -hmm. There's a whole range of really complex social trends going on at the moment that I don't think that just going, oh, let's take the alcohol out of the things that we've always drunk Mm -hmm. is... Is the solution to it? It, it, Yeah, it's going to succeed. Suddenly, that people switch to that.
1: Interesting. I've also put this other one in. I hope you don't mind, guys. It's a bit sideliney to us, um, but I think it brings in lots of interesting strands about origins and where you say your um, products and your ingredients are from, um, and all... <gasps> this
0: isn't a labelling story, Declan. Oh, my is God. God. So um. you, you really are, you've, you've really gone, how do I wind Matt up
1: at <laughs> the end of this podcast? Yeah. Are we going to get a good 10-minute rant out of him? <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Joe, Joe secretly tells me, wind him up, get the good stuff out of him. Um, no, uh, so the ACCC has um, issued infringement notices to a Victorian grape trader and this is because they made false or misleading representations about grape origins so the idea that this con- the concept of origin is on the C's radar is really interesting um and does sort of bring up lots of issues that we've had in our own industry about origins and the labeling of said origins and all sorts of different things about that um but yeah go on then Matt what's your version <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, then. well, it, it, it,
0: but, but we're also, you know, the, the whole thing, you know, whether you can call, um mm-hmm. you know, non-meat meat, uh-huh. you know, whether you can, you know, those sorts of things. Uh-huh. it's uh, Alleged misleading representations. As I've said in the past, the C in 2015, I think it was, uh-huh. gave a very clear direction to brewers big and small about what their expectation was about what was on the package, uh-huh. about who makes a beer and where. Yep. And... On a straight reading of the A Triple C's guidelines, craft brewers aren't doing it now. Is that because, and is the A Triple C not acted because of their attention elsewhere? They don't want to pick on small players. You know, mm-hmm. um, once a player gets big enough to come to their attention, yeah. are they suddenly going to become the test case the way that Byron Bay um, Payalaga was? I don't know. That's
1: it. And I don't know about you, but the IBA guidelines for that seem a little bit vague to me. Like, I wasn't sure what they meant by some of it. Like well, maybe I'll, I'll have to ask Kylie, because I'm a little bit like, I'm not sure what you mean it by that.
0: predated it. Kylie, and I don't think Kylie was Yeah, she it, wouldn't but have. They, they, there's the f food labelling, you yeah. know, provenance has two. You've got the ACCC, the Consumer Code, uh-huh. which gives legal ease mm. that has subsequently been clarified by a very... Know, by a, a letter from the A Triple C to craft brewers, right. and then you've got the Sands, It's a, a separate thing, and you've got to comply with both of them. But neither of them, you know, neither of them, actually specify in the codes yeah. you need to have where it was made. Yeah. The A Triple C's expectation mm-hmm. was, and they're they're just the policemen, not the court. Mm-hmm. So if if they think that you've ble- breached, they mm-hmm. can then give you a, a notice and take you to court um, if it is or they write to you and say hey guys like tap on the shoulder mm-hmm. um, yeah you know, should we'll give you a like warning this time yeah um, which which is what they did in 2015 mm-hmm. that's not the, the ACCC's additional guidance um, or their expectation hasn't been reflected in the IBA guidelines right um, but i you know i when, when you look at it the big brewers are much more consistent with what the I, mm-hmm. w- with the A Triple C suggests than small brewers. Mm-hmm.
1: I wonder if that's just a case of them not being aware. Is that fair? I
0: think a lot of new players are. I and mean, yeah. when I looked into it, I did an article last year now or early this year um, about labelling, and yeah. I didn't call any individual company out, but there are a lot of businesses with place names in their title that are contract brewing, mm-hmm. not even in the sort of postcode. Yeah, or state sometimes. (laughs) And they're playing up their local element. And I didn't know about it. They've got the independent seal. And, you know, again, like my very simplistic, naive view is that if you have the independent seal on, I think because there are rules around the use of that, um, having, you know, adhering to appropriate guidelines should be, you know, I, I think the IBA has a role to play in making sure that it's not just an independent brewery, but the, the brewery is a good corporate citizen, mm-hmm. um, is, is my view. But okay, cool. You know, Again, you. when I run things, things will be different. It,
1: when I run the world. No one's
0: yeah. voted for me yet.
1: <laughs> oh, brilliant. Right, guys, I'm going to have to shoot off. I've got um, work to do. a call to make. Yes, there's work to do, actually. Um, but no, it was lovely speaking to you. Thanks for having me back. Would
0: you like to pre-boom before Pete does um, this? <laughs>
1: I'm definitely not pre-booming. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, take
2: us out so Claire can boom. <laughs> thanks very much, Claire. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Pete. To Malt. Thank you to Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging and thanks to New Zealand Ale Trail. Uh, that's
0: been uh, Brews Newsweek. Thank you to Thirsty Merch Thirsty and Me. to Thirsty Merch for our, our dog-blown barblades. And all of the people who we read out today um, and anyone that we've read out or anyone that we've name-checked, send us your address and we'll send you a uh, barblade thank you to our good friends at Thirsty Merch. Done. Drink fresh, drink local, look after yourselves and each other and wash your hands.
2: And we're out. Boom. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation.